People think I'm so young looking, but I think my soul is old. I've been told that by a bunch of people lately. The universe Same. is sending me like The me last week, like five people have said that to me. I'm like, is, are you calling me a grandma yeah. or you just mean that I'm very mature? And they're like, kind of both. <laughs> I, I think it's like such a compliment. I feel like I sound like a valley girl, but I definitely have that old soul vibe. Like I just... I don't know. I just love to have deep conversations. That's the whole reason you we're did. having this podcast. Yeah, I love to talk. And like, if there's one thing I love to do, it's run this mouth. If these curly okay. girls can do anything, it's uh, get some words out. Riata is truly one of the most amazing people I have ever met. I actually... Ended up meeting her at the end, kind of, or middle of chiropractic school. Not quite the end. We casually met each other. We, yeah, we hung out around the same circles and had a common mutual friend. And we really didn't bud our friendship until quite literally the end of school and after. And she is one of the most selfless people mm-hmm. that's able to, in her own way, have boundaries that really honor who she is in that moment. She is the first person to really recognize that like, Hey, I've had enough. I need moments to myself and I can't have this conversation. Like we literally just said, she knows herself. She is so aware and, but also learning. I feel like we're always in that learning phase. So I really wanted to have Priyata on the podcast to impart her growth, everything that she's learned up until this ripe age of 25. She is a 25-year-old doctor, people. Like, this girl has experienced some life in her short time. And I've learned so much from her. And I really think you have so much you can learn from her as well. So without further ado, Brianna, yay, oh, welcome. Gabby, you're so sweet. Welcome. I love that you brought up the uh, the boundaries thing because <laughs> I know that we're going to talk about so much growth, but out of all the things that I am like proud of myself for in the last couple years of my life, it's not the doctorate, it's not starting mm-hmm. a business, it's literally holding myself accountable to boundaries because I firmly believe yeah. when people say, you are too nice, you are too, there is no such thing as you are too nice, but there is a thing that you can have too few boundaries and people will take advantage of it. So something I've worked so, so hard on, and we've talked about this, is just setting boundaries. So I could talk for a year about that. <laughs> How did you really, like, what kind of pushed you to start establishing that in your life? Was there a moment or, like, a friendship, relationship? What was that? Yes. So there are two really distinct things in my life that have pushed me to do that one's on an amazing side one's on a like a thumbs down side of it um the thumbs down side of it was just some unhealthy relationships completely draining the life out of me taking away like my quality of life friendships that I could have had distracting me from responsibilities really just dragging me down and me not setting boundaries for that and the positive side of it was our mutual uh bestie Josie uh miss her so much uh she was literally I talk about her all the time when I talk about boundaries because she was just the epitome of a person that was such a giver and could live so selflessly and still just do Mm -hmm. so well for herself and like not let people walk all over her I remember distinctly 
pretty drunk in the back of an Uber one time. She <laughs> was sitting there yeah. almost yelling at me because she was like, Brianna, like you you are such a good person and people are just shitting all over you figuratively. Like they are just taking advantage of you. You are exhausted. You can still be a good person and not let them do that. Like you can still help others and be the best person for others, but like they you have to do that for people that treat you how you deserve because otherwise it's just going to take everything out of you and she pounded that into my head so many times and she lived like that and like that I just want that to like shine through me now that she's gone because that is the most valuable lesson I've like ever learned and I'm smiling ear to ear when you say this because I mentioned to you before we kind of came on that there's a topic that I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring up Uh and literally the first one to bring up is that topic. She's always here. She's always here. No, and wait, and it's two, two, two here while I'm recording and I'm all here for the signs. So this is, this is her helping us out here and kind of bringing us into the podcast. Leading us into her birthday week. It's Fat Tuesday. Her birthday's in a week. It's it's time. Yes. (laughs) Literally her birthday's in six days. I always uh, love her to death, but in terms of that, um, I was listening to a podcast this morning and it really sparked my thought. I was like, grief can be considered a forced change of life and something that you didn't necessarily, you're kind of sitting at a place where you know there's change and something needs to change, but the acceptance is so hard in that moment. How do you think you talked about your boundaries and um, that really being a moment of Josie's life, having that impact on you. Uh, How else do you think grief and that change in life has impacted you? Oof, that is a really good question. Um, Honestly, it just, it goes so much back to like so many times when like I make a decision, I just think about like, it's not about what other people think. It's like what you are willing to receive. And so much of my growth in the last, you know, whatever is, I guess grief is a good way to put it. It's not necessarily grief over something that you lost, but it's grief over not getting Mm -hmm. what you think you'd have. Do you ever like hear news from somebody that they like did what you wanted to do, or like you'd have to change directions Mm -hmm. forcefully. And even though you're going in a beautiful direction, you are just overcome with emotion because it's not where you thought you were going and you have to grieve the loss of Mm -hmm. what you thought was coming like that is Mm -hmm. something that I have so intentionally tried to reframe for myself um and it really has just opened me up to an abundance of blessings because I constantly tell people you should like if you could look at yourself today from five years Mm -hmm. ago you should be shitless like you should be so surprised and proud of where you are you should have not expected where you are you should be so happy and proud of Mm -hmm. yourself and the growth and honestly I was talking to my mom this morning my bestie um on FaceTime about something I read 
yesterday that just resonated with me and it talked about mm-hmm. um and how i'm trying to reframe things into being positive opportunities instead of just an unseen change of course it talks about the blessing that you're willing to receive how big is your basket yeah. and it was this proverb of this guy doing a meditation over a group and he saw this huge the room had no ceiling it was just a gold well of light coming down to everybody in the meditation and everybody in this meditation had a basket but they were all different sizes and these baskets even though the blessings were completely boundless the only thing they were coming away with was the size of the basket that they had and the message was you can go to the ocean with a shot glass or a cup or a tanker truck and the blessings you're going to come away with is the amount that you're willing to receive so what type of abundance yeah. are you open to and how are you willing to receive it? Because change is happening, uh-huh. but are you going to make the most of it? And are you going to receive the, you know, the natural yeah. parts of it? Welcome back to another segment of what I'm loving this week. And I'm kind of loving it and also kind of pissed, but cottage cheese for some reason is now like, a huge trend. Like, I don't know where this came from, who decided that cottage cheese was the new it girl, but maybe it's because the U S supposedly has like caves full of cheese. Like, I don't know what's going on, but cottage cheese is being made into ice cream. People are putting it in eggs. People are putting it in everything. And where was this energy when I was getting made fun of for eating it in elementary school? Like, let me know. I endured trauma for now people to get famous off of making TikTok videos about eating it. Like I've been on it for years. Make it make sense. I mean, I'm definitely going to try the cottage cheese ice cream, but I'm just, I just want people to know I've been on this for like 20 years. Carol Ann was buying me cottage cheese pineapple And now all you people are making it brand new into ice cream. Whatever. Perspective shifts really change how you're looking at what's possible for like what you can have happen in your life. And the more you visualize what type of quality of things you want and have the words to back it up, that's when you can start to really bring that into your life. But a lot of times we're so focused on what is around us dictating what's possible for us. Like I would never expect it in my life that I live in Austin, Texas. I, I work, as a chiropractor, like I really didn't think about being a chiropractor no, until the 11th hour. Like I didn't grow up in the sense of like, I'm going to be a chiropractor. I thought I might be in the medical field. I like literally changed my mind about things that I like all the time because I'm just such an ideas person. So shifting your perspective to what is possible for you can drastically change your possibility and your quality of life but also staying open to it because like we just have to acknowledge the universe mm-hmm. she's amazing and the things that we oh, are receptive yeah, yeah. to. because when we both yeah. it we both and when we got out of school we were like here we go it was just it was so turbulent but we're like you know what this is what i feel mm-hmm. like i need to do i'm moving forward even though it's uncomfortable because this is what it is we and literally struggled. every we did so much so many crying phone calls <laughs> but the amount yeah. of building blocks literally these struggle steps have led building block yeah. to building block to building block to the point where things are mm-hmm. still falling into our laps as recently as today mm-hmm. we were just talking about that would have 
we would never have imagined and we would have not gotten Mm -hmm. if we weren't receptive to these changes that we didn't expect. Like you need to be so open to the universe and she will Mm -hmm. provide. I don't know if you've researched human design at all, but I've really hardcore been leaning into I'm a generator. So my job in life is not to initiate. It is to respond. Like I move and flow so much better when I'm not trying to control what the universe is going to give me when I move in a way that is just response to my situation. And receptive. So in, yes. Mm-hmm, and being receptive to like what is meant to come into my life, like not forcing things. It's very frustrating to me though, to not know what's going on and to just sit. I always, I told you the whole time mm-hmm. we were struggling with our business stuff and with personal development, all this mm-hmm. stuff. I always say the worst is in the waiting. Like something good is coming, but the worst is in the waiting. And I was just yep. stuck in the waiting. And all I wanted to do was claw my way out. And I fought every instinct to do that. And then literally at the next possible juncture, it just was exposed to me in the most flawless and respectful way possible. And all I could think was like, wow, I really just had to be patient. So I don't quite know if this qualifies as a segment that I'm really loving, but I really related to Billie Eilish in this moment. Um, I was watching an interview that she did where um, they were talking to her about a cover of an album, which I don't know what album it is, but I know she's like shedding a tear. I think it's kind of recent. It's a really pretty cover. So like, I don't know if you're a Billie Eilish fan, maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't, but that's not the point. So she was talking about how they kind of got her to cry in the take and She watched the movie Spirit to get her, get her tears going, get her emotions going. And I have never related so hard to her in my life because as a child, when I was like five, someone gifted me that movie as a birthday present. And at the birthday party, we decided to start watching it all together because we're like, oh, cool movie. Like back in the VHS days, we love those days. Shout out to all the 90s kids and their VHS tapes. Loved. But anyway, so we started watching the movie and the same scene that she literally used to cry, I started hysterically crying at my birthday because I just like couldn't watch it. I was like, turn it off. Like they're being so mean to the horse. Can't handle this. Like, and this is not just like an isolated incident. This is a pattern in my life. I watched 101 Dalmatians probably like around the same time whenever that came out in the movie theater. I had to be physically removed from the movie theater because I was crying too much because I thought Corella DeVille was being too mean to the puppies. And I stand by that. Like I have not rewatched these movies because I do not support animal violence. Okay. Fuck you. If you're mean to animals, you can go to hell. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. like core meaningful words or virtues that you like really try to incorporate into your life now okay um I would love to hear yours while I ponder this because that is a really really great question and there's a lot of themes that I'm thinking of but I want to be concise (laughs) mine include presence I actually, like, I'm pretty sure I came up with this on New Year's Eve. I'm really trying to invite in more feminine energy 
So softness and ease are really big words for me this year. Like I truthfully have been trying to live my life in a way that I'm cherishing every moment for what it is and where it can lead me. So that's where that patience comes in and just really allowing myself not to get super masculine about things. I don't think that's a natural way of being a woman and being in my divine feminine and and I feel I, like both like, of us I have love, really, mm-hmm. uh, really are similar in that aspect where we get very like defensive and need to prove ourselves. And a side of us comes out that it's not necessarily that it's not competent or it's not confident, but it's not the best version of ourselves. Uh-huh. And we really need uh-uh. to just understand all that we bring to the table and do so peacefully. And that's like such an important part, I feel like, of being a woman. Like if I want to like I talk about like, oh, I need this like man who's going to be strong and loyal and like has all these masculine qualities. I need to be like able to receive that in my life. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being masculine, like, yeah, they talk about matching the energy of somebody, but I think it's totally different in terms of relationship. I think you want to match, but compliment. So like, a strong man needs a strong woman. And to me, that doesn't mean like I'm also representing strong man qualities. I need to let someone into my life. That vulnerability is important. In way. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because like when you've been hurt in previous relationships, which we're we're getting into now, we've opened the door. You get hurt in relationships. That trauma is so hard to bring, not to bring into the next one. Like, how do you not do that? Like, yeah. have you encountered that recently? Um, last year I did. I, I feel like we have talked about this. I was seeing a guy that was just perfect. He's perfect, super hot, super nice, great, whatever. Literally everybody was obsessed with him. He was obsessed with me and something wasn't missing. And I knew, or something was missing. And I just knew it was within myself. And I tried and tried to explain it to him and I tried to like figure out the root of it and I just drug him on trying to figure out like why am I not happy with this and it literally I had to go to therapy I had to look inward I had to like address my previous trauma because it wasn't anything that he was doing it was unhealthy patterns like within myself that were self-sabotaging me basically Mm -hmm. because I had come from relationships with such dysfunction that I I could not be secure in a healthy relationship. I could not invite that vulnerability. I could not invite that support, Mm -hmm. that softness. It was literally so foreign to me. So the Mm -hmm. fact that I'm like more comfortable with that now is a freaking night and day, but it's still challenging sometimes. Like I really, even just in friendships will be like, wow, like seems like something like the other shoe is going to drop, you know, it just, Mm-hmm. we are deserving of so much and there is so much peace in realizing how much you bring to the table without having to prove yourself I think it also comes down to being honest with yourself like how do you keep yourself accountable of like when your trauma is coming up like are you checking in with journaling are you 
talking with somebody like a therapist like what is that main way that you're accountable to it um for me personally it's people i the adhd in me does not i'm not the adhd journaling type i'm not whatever i am a talker yeah i love connecting with people yeah so i touch in with yeah. people um you're one of them my mother is one of them marco mm -hmm. is one of them and i feel like we yeah. do a good job of holding each other accountable to those things and vice mm -hmm. versa. So like last week, I'm going to throw Marco under the bus. He is my best friend <laughs> in the universe. Love uh, him. He told me what he was frustrated about. I was like, you know what? Like, you should be so proud of yourself that this is like somebody's trying to imitate you or somebody is like not doing things to your standards and it's irritating you should be so mm -hmm. proud of yourself that you have grown this much and that you have so much to offer other people and i reframed that to him and he mm -hmm. literally was just like you're right and people will do that for me as well like what is the universe yeah. trying to tell you or what are you supposed to learn from this what do you need to let go of and mm -hmm. nothing pisses me off but brings me back to reality more than that and so that's the importance for me of having good people around because mm -hmm. they not they don't just support you they they check you. you they keep you checked yeah yes. yeah and that's where like for me like this past year i've tried therapy i've tried um like get like and to be fair like i haven't really tried therapy because i honestly feel like eh, i don't know i teeter-totter with that where I'm like, maybe I need to spend more money because I got a therapist who's just like at the beginning of her journey in becoming a yeah. therapist. And I had a really adverse response to what she had to say and her advice for me. Yeah. And it's I was like, like girl, though. like, you have to find a good fit. Yeah, you have to find the right one. And I don't necessarily believe the more expensive therapist is going to be the yeah. right answer. But like, for me personally, I would rather check in, like you said, with a friend or like I check in with podcasts, like I check in with books and yeah, I really have been working on the reframe, like you said, of what if someone's intention is not to be negative? What if someone's yeah. inte intention is actually pure? Like we judge people's acts yeah. and it even, it comes out in friendships. It comes out yeah. in relationships with men or women or whoever the frick you're, da you're dating. Mm -hmm. But it really comes down to like, oh, this person didn't respond back in two minutes. That means that they don't like me. They're trying to ghost me, yada, yada, yada. You tell, you make this story in your head of why people do things. And it's and your I, damage. Yes. It's your damage and your trauma coming up. So mm -hmm. I've kind of taken that back and been like, okay, well, what if this person is truly has the best intentions for me and everything they say is in fact like, what they mean like what if I phrase it like this then I can be so much more open to the possibility of where this is gonna go yeah than chalking it up to this isn't like this isn't my person they're not mm -hmm. perfect they didn't understand my love language right off the bat like fuck it then bye yeah like no well and we're taught in get school you? about like so patient interaction we're taught it's it's not mm -hmm. intent it's perception so it doesn't matter what you do it's how they take it so i feel like as professionals we're always so conscious of that 
But when it comes to the flip side, we don't necessarily recognize that in personal relationships. Like how we take it. I really have been trying to approach things no matter like when I get stressed about something or when I get anxious about interactions or lack of interactions Mm -hmm. or intentions with people, I really try and reframe it to, I will never assume anybody has ill intent. And if I need to be like very blunt or have like uncomfortable conversations, I know that's going to save me the personal discomfort in the long run. So that's also been a very big point of growth for me in any type of personal relationship, professionally, romantic, platonic, anything is just assuming the best and being very mm-hmm. honest about your truth because dancing around it is just going to make you anxious. There's going to be so much less clarity mm-hmm. and it's not going to be self-serving. I'm loving getting out of your comfort zone and trying something new. I went golfing this week on a first date and it was on, or I didn't really go golfing. I went to the driving range, which super fun, very underrated and very much more of a workout than I ever thought it would be. Like my arms were really hurting after, like I don't, I didn't know I had muscles in my forearms that I was not working out. So maybe I need to work on my golf game. But anyway, I've had the clubs sitting in the back of my closet for like over a year. I got them from my grandparents and I've been wanting to try, but like never did it. And this date was kind of the perfect opportunity to try it out and also like be doing an activity that's better than just going for a drink and you get to know somebody and it's a great way to gauge chemistry and connection when you're kind of just like, you have to do stuff with your hands. You're learning their demeanor. I think sometimes you can be in situations where people aren't good about you being a beginner or trying something new. And I think that tells you a lot about the person. So like, luckily the person I was with was very calm and very encouraging and made me feel comfortable about the fact that I've never like, that was like the second time in my life that I've picked up a golf club. Um, and it, that's like, honestly kind of hard for me because I'm not always good at being a beginner. I like using my athletic skills to like show off almost. So when I'm bad at stuff, I'm like, fuck, like they're judging me. Like I'm not, I'm not making a good impression, but I totally enjoyed the experience and the person I was with made it that much better. So definitely if you guys are like in the dating sphere of life, go on a date where you're trying something new, doing an activity, like freaking go play tennis, go play golf. I don't know. Do sports guys. Frick. You get a workout and a date in one, like win-win, and you get to make a like cute little memory. Like, remember when we went golfing and I sucked and I scuffed it or like whatever? I don't know. Something cute and outfits, ladies. Cute outfits. You can wear a golf skirt, skirt, whatever. I love a skirt. As a former field hockey player, that is my heart and soul. I used to like love game days because I would just walk around in my like plaid score. I felt like I was in a Britney Spears music video and that is just like my energy, my love. Oh, 
we're here for it. And I'm loving it. If you're trying to be somebody else to be accepted, to be loved by another person, it's never going to work out in the end because you're just forever living up to an impossible standard. And you feel like a fraud. Like I've done that in so many situationships. And that's why they've been situationships because I'm sure they didn't feel like they knew me. Because who, like, who the fuck am I? If you're not being authentic, they don't. They weren't wrong. Exactly. No, they weren't. But what a good lesson. Like, R.I.P. to all the situationships I've had. Literally. Like, but what a good lesson to learn so early that, like, there's so much beauty and peace and authenticity. And, like, I, another Mm -hmm. goal of mine. Okay, so we talked about um, the three themes for the year. And a nut, like one of mm-hmm. mine is authenticity. Like I'm going to be unapologetically mm-hmm. weird. I am great at what I do and I don't need to yes. talk about anything. Like I yes. bring so much to the table and cheers I need to, to be cheers to that. And I just need to be confident in my abilities and all things because that's going to bring me the most opportunity, the most love, the most peace, um, most abundance. Confidence is key. It really is. Confidence is key. It's like how you walk into the room, mm-hmm. how you communicate with others. It inspires confidence in other people yeah. and their ability to have confidence in you. Yeah. Like looking people in the eye, which is so hard when you're on Zoom because we're like trying to look at each other's faces while looking in the camera. It's a very hard task, but yeah. looking people in the eye, like being present in that moment and trying so hard to get outside of like yourself. Yeah, like no one is judging you as hard as you are. So have that confidence to be who you are. Yeah, in that moment, or be the person you want to be. Yeah, and I feel like there's a very another thing that I've learned, and on the topic of confidence and femininity, and the theme I said earlier of just not having to prove myself. There is a huge difference about being confident in yourself and what you know. And having to prove it like you just being calm and confident and competent Mm -hmm. shows so much more Mm -hmm. than just talking out of your ass and faking it till you make it like if you are genuinely like authentic, confident, collected, Mm -hmm. that is brings so much more peace and trust from people and authentic connections than you being loud and like trying to overcompensate for like, you know, Mm -hmm. insecurity. That's going to it's so much like a peaceful confidence is something that I really Mm -hmm tried to uh tried to embrace this year because it's been a lot it's hard being a young doctor especially like little female that nobody really takes seriously at first until you have an answer to every single question that they ask and you can you know beat the shit out of them on an adjusting table and communicate with their doctors and their attorneys and answer you know their medical questions about their kid and their parents and everybody and then all of a sudden they yeah. respect the hell out of you. But when the, you walk into the room and you introduce yourself, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Bree and I'll be taking care of you today. They look you in the face and say, you're the doctor. You know, that doesn't foster a lot of confidence, but I know that I'm great at what I do. Yeah. So I'm still going to talk like you. Mm-hmm. They're lucky that I'm there. Oh, what what but- an incredible energy to have, though, because like you have you're owning your right to be in that room. Yeah. And you're owning yourself in that interaction. And one of the biggest things that I feel like I've learned and grown from with this 
type of energy is that not everyone has the right, like there's no right answer. Like no one knows what is best truly. And we're all like medicine is really like a game of cat and mouse almost. I feel, I don't know if you do the same, but it's trying to figure out what the best course of treatment is for a patient. And it can never be the same. Like it's I have not the same day to day. With- it's not the same patient to patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know what will be exactly the right formula that's going to help someone feel better. So yeah. you're going to be wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Like that is something that everyone is promised in this life. Like Absolutely. no one is perfect. So you need to accept that fact and still show up. Exactly. Not just be afraid to show up because of the fact that you're going to make a mistake. You're going to make a mistake and you're going to learn from it. And that is how you learn. Like, and that security by fucking up that security and that confidence that you have in yourself. That's, what's going to make it okay. Because yeah. you're still going to know I'm good at what I do. I was doing my best. I was mm-hmm. trying to help this person. And mm-hmm. clinically I was making a good decision mm-hmm. Just because it didn't work out. Doesn't mean I gave bad mm-hmm. advice or I'm bad at what I do, or I'm not a competent provider mm-hmm. or person or whatever the situation is. Best intention. Mm-hmm. Like. Exactly. That's all you can really ask for is the best intention. Like absolutely. if someone sees your true intention throughout this whole process is to help them feel better is to like help further them. Yeah. Like where, like where's what's wrong? You know what I yeah. mean? Like where's the problem? Uh, for anyone who's in that like dark zone of I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, what is your advice to them? Like what have you learned from the most? The only way out is through. I tell my patients that all the time. Mm. I tell my friends, family, loved one. They're going through something. They're going through pain that is just like, you know, they're going through something hard. The only way out is through and just mm-hmm. keep moving forward. Like be receptive to opportunities that come your way. But even if you don't know the end goal, you know that things are productive. You can do one productive thing a day or you can start looking in directions and getting drawing inspiration and themes of your life and energy from places that are where the direction that you want to go, even if you don't have a place that you want to be. Like, you know, you, you don't get to the top of the mountain by, you know, you, some people get to take a train. Great. Nepo kids. I'm just kidding. Um, but like, you know, it's literally, <laughs> it's not like the a, Nepo kid. It's like the phrase, like, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You're not ever yeah. going to get to where you're not moving forward anymore. Like you're never likely going to be yeah. exactly where you thought you were going to be one, five, ten years mm-hmm. ago. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be amazing and beautiful. So as long as even if mm-hmm. you're going through the struggle, do your best to take care of yourself and just keep moving forward. Just be a little bit productive, a little bit mm-hmm. advocating for yourself and things will start to snowball faster and more incredibly than you Mm -hmm. will ever believe and like you've seen that with me i've seen that with you literally yeah just taking that forward motion and being receptive to what comes your way without attachment to any outcome is the most productive and beautiful thing you can do for yourself and your growth what grounds you during those hard times Ooh. um unhealthy answer self-doubt 
panic. <laughs> um, healthy answer. Like Grounds said, you. Like. <sighs> How, now, like, you're going to have to explain that a little bit. How is the self-doubt grounding you? Like, mm-hmm. what is that for you in that moment? Like, imposter syndrome and things that. Like, if you don't know where you're going, then how can you go forward and things like that? And Mm -hmm. I have to logically sit back and talk to people like you that really remind Mm -hmm. me, like, it's not about another thing. It's progress, not perfection. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You're growing, you're learning, like you're doing better for yourself. And if any, like, no, I always say nobody knows what they're doing. Like, do we know what we're doing? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But some days it doesn't feel like it. Some days it doesn't feel like it. And like there's no I always tell myself I'm like there is no better person to be helping this person than me nobody is like they are meant to be here with me I am here to help them and if I'm not able to do that I'm going to do everything my power to figure out how there's nobody better than me to be doing this right now so then what grounds you in the positive what are the practices for you um like getting out into nature realizing that there are so many things bigger than me and that little stressors although you know to me in that moment they matter a lot it's really not a big deal yeah um realizing that no matter what specific place I end up whether it's where I think I'm gonna be or not that the forward motion is what's important and getting me closer to the big goals I have in life which are motherhood travel self-security like all of these things that are just Yes. All, you know that are in the future and right now mm-hmm. I am just in such a stage of like growth that I need to honor the discomfort I need to honor the growing pains and that's fine yeah it's hard to honor the discomfort while you're in it yeah I feel like one of the things that I did that really opened me up a lot more to honoring discomfort was like ice baths like cold do you exposure. ever go and take one Yeah, like the cold exposure, like I did it on New Year's Eve with my mom and it was one of the most like transformative experiences I feel like for me and her at the same time, like because I feel like you always look at your parents as being like tough and like stronger than you and like whatever Mm -hmm. And we were in that ice bath and Carol was (laughs) tweaking, (laughs) like freaking tweaking and- we, I w- had read a lot on coming back to your breath in that moment and the support of her, like, I don't know why, and this might be something about me, but I always feel like the support of somebody else holds you accountable. And sometimes yeah. I look at it in like a negative way of like, oh, I'm trying to show that I can do this to somebody else. Pretty but fun. in a way, like you can still flip that same action and be like, with someone there, I'm capable of so much more. With the support of another person, like you, that you're not can just empower me. Yeah, you're not doing it from a place of I need to prove myself to them. You're doing it from a place of I want to make them proud because I know I'm capable of it, and so do they. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and sometimes you're not there to say that yet, but if it's helping you do the action, you're able to reframe it. Like that's all like you can derive so much from that because Mm -hmm. with other people, we are just, 
I think we're the better version. I think people are a reflection of who we are in that moment. And who are you going to be in the eyes of somebody else? Like, not in the sense of approval, but in the sense of, like, I want to attract people around me, like, including my relationship with you, people who are going to empower me to be the best version of myself. I was just going to bring that up. And that's why it is so important with who you surround yourself with and the type of energy you allow in your life because it really you are a mirror you are a reflection of those around you mm-hmm. and vice versa and if you find people that always make you feel like your inner child is just upset or you get really defensive or mm-hmm. you get really complaining and you just don't like how you feel around those per- people whether you're negative or you regress or whatever that's you being a mirror and whether it's your trauma or their trauma like mm-hmm. you need to address that because those things don't just mm-hmm. stop they continue they grow they build and every Thing that you consume media food sunlight like everything affects you and that includes the energy of people yeah, around you and if you 1, shit around you you're gonna be shitty yeah you had to end relationships based on the fact that they weren't feeding you um or feeding you is w- weird yeah eating serving, is a weird word serving me um yeah serving you i think that I haven't had to have conversations necessarily. I mean, the co- hard conversations have been with people that there's yeah. no end to that relationship. So it, it needs to be addressed yeah. in that moment. Um, I feel like instead of, I'm more of a person that instead of ending a friendship that doesn't serve me or that's constantly negative, I have been really good about incorporating more boundaries. And just in terms of like, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you always wanting to talk to me about things that are bothering you, but I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to do that today. Or I, yeah, I love that you feel comfortable talking to me about this, but I feel like we're always just talking about negative things. And that really weighs on me the rest of the day. Can we try and talk about positive things? And you will find in relationships where that's not a possibility. They will fade out because those people will not be able to talk to you about anything good going on in their life, or they won't be able to not complain. And if you set those boundaries, it brings back, yeah. To light the fact that they're just sitting and bitching about everything. And you, whether it's you doing that together or them doing that to you, like mm-hmm. holding firm on those boundaries and wanting more for yourself is so important. Yeah. And even in the sense of it's not that you can never com- complain. It's not that you shouldn't be able to vent to anybody, but it's respecting where they're at, respecting mm-hmm. like the things that you're talking about. If there's, they should be productive. Mm-hmm. Like if you need to vent, you can vent. But if, it's just an issue that you keep complaining about and you keep complaining about and you have all the power in the world to change it. I don't want to sit and listen because if you don't want more for yourself, then how can I want more for you? That's draining for the both of us. I want more for myself. You should yeah. want more for me and you should want me to hold you accountable. Yeah. If you get mad at me for holding you accountable, then that's not a friendship I want because that's not going to foster growth or positivity or forward motion for either of us, you know? Yeah. And I think you bring up an important point of, it's really not about when we navigate hard things in relationships. It's not telling someone that they're wrong and you're right. It's talking about how it's personally affecting your feelings and not necessarily like, I don't like how you do this and it's wrong because I feel that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's you're doing this every time this happens and it's affecting me in this way so i need to either not expose myself to this to you in that situation i need to make a change for myself 
not even telling them that they need to make a change yeah. for them for themselves. Like that's a part you can't force someone into growth. And I you think have there's to either grow with them or grow apart. A hundred percent. And I think there's two sides of that coin. So the part that you touched on, which is great, is holding that boundary for yourself and your own energy and really yeah. holding your own, holding, being accountable to your own boundaries. But then on the flip side of the coin, like you, when you approach friends like that, you, they should mm-hmm. see that it's from a place of love. And if you are like going into a conversation like that to be like productive, mm-hmm. you should be holding them accountable and they should even if it's not what they like to hear they should respect that because it's from a place of love but if you are just constantly like how like being a sounding board for things that they need to be held accountable to and they just get mad at you for keeping them in check or trying to be productive or be helpful or whatever and it's just a Mm -hmm. constant pattern then that's where then it's the flip side of the coin you need to hold that boundary for yourself because everybody needs to let off steam sometimes everybody just needs to vent uh and that doesn't mean that you're a bad person you can't have that friendship but if that's all it is and you're not doing anything about it and you're just draining somebody you can't be mad at them when after they try to hold you accountable and help you that they can't deal with that anymore like people only have so much bandwidth you know mm-hmm. and it's important to acknowledge that and be able to acknowledge that with yourself because i think yeah. it's a lot of people don't truly understand how things are affecting them Like there are so many people moving at such a hyper speed through life, not taking time to check in with like, damn, like this week has me run ragged. Like I might be a little more short with you because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not taking time and taking care of myself. And you can't expect in relationships where there's one person who's taking time to take care of themselves and there's a person who is not for them to see life from the same lens as you yeah, and to and understand, understand the importance of those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if someone doesn't respect themselves enough to give themselves boundaries of when they work, when they rest, when they even like freaking wash their face, like if, if like the person you're talking to or dealing with can't hold themselves accountable to take care of themselves and like you can't hold themselves them accountable to help take care of your feelings so we both live quite far away from where we are from so how do you think the process of like now that you're an actual adult how has the lack of having the support of your parents there kind of shaped your experience um that is a hard question because I am still very close with my family. Um, mm-hmm. I talk to my mom all the time. I won't talk to her for three days and she'll be like, what's up, bestie? I miss you. Haven't heard from you forever. I'm like, it's been three days. Yeah. Five, yeah, right? yeah. But like, yeah, I'm, no. I'm very close with them. So it's not that I don't have the support, but it is really frustrating sometimes that they're not here. So uh, for those that don't know, I yeah, have- the in-person support I feel is so different mm-hmm. than like, cause you can only do so much over the phone. So for those that don't know, I, um, I'm from Minnesota. My parents live there and my, I have one sister. She lives two doors down from my parents. So when people talk about moving away from home and how hard the FOMO is, I get it. Like so many of my friends, all my family are back home in Minnesota 
And I just, the longer I'm away, the more I feel like I just don't belong there. Not because I'm not happy there. Mm. It's not, it's not that. I love everybody and I love going back and seeing everybody and having a good time. But when I go back, I am not the person that I have worked so hard to become. I regress. I don't have my own, I don't have my own identity. I feel like my inner child is just kicking and screaming to come out, but not in great ways. And although I love it and I wish I got to see my family more and it was so much more convenient to be near them, I love what I have made for myself as an individual, as an adult, as my own person in a different place. I'm so much happier here. I'm healthier here. Like I really just am my own person and I don't feel like that when I go home. Do I wish that I was closer geographically to my family? Yes, but would I give up the life that I have now here in the name of that? Absolutely not at this point in my life. No. Maybe down the road at some point, but no, no. I love the where I just I'm feel at, like the direction you, I'm going. Yeah. You grow into the person who you are most like who is purity who you are yeah. once you're living like and once you get out of school like because even in school like you're so surrounded by people that your actions are so dictated by what everyone else is doing like I was never the type of person who was like yeah no one's going to this thing so I'm just gonna pop over by myself I don't care if I'm alone like I used to care personally yeah. So actually moving away from everyone for that like amount of time allowed me to truly get into the person, ooh, excuse me, who I'm meant to be. And I feel like that's such a natural expression when you're by yourself. Like you can love your family, appreciate them. But being home, I feel like they know you and interacted with that last version of you. So that's who – that's who they're talking to. Yeah. That's who they think you are. But internally, you're just like, yeah, I look, I look similar, but actually, I'm entirely I don't know that different bitch. than the person you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's hard for people to understand. If like they've never I put know. themselves in the position and had the yeah. uncomfortable growth. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with staying in your hometown, and there's nothing wrong with living close to your parents. No. There's nothing wrong with anything, but. Just like people who don't have ADHD, they're like, why don't you just sit still? Why don't you just be quiet? Why do you interrupt people? Stop interrupting me. It's like, I I can't. So it's like they, as much as you love them and they're happy and that's all they need to be is like happy mm-hmm. and productive. And that's so great. They don't mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from. And it's just, it's a different perspective that they can't necessarily relate to. So it's hard to say like, I don't like who I am when I come home. Like I I'm such a different person. Like I feel yeah. like I regress. I feel like I'm not authentic. Like they don't get it. I like to vacation and where I'm from mm-hmm. because I can be nostalgic about like what was. Yeah. But because I can't honoring fully what express was. what it is. Yeah. Cause like it, it's not me anymore. Like I don't necessarily like, Like, I think it's so beautiful. I think the people there are, like, some of my favorite people are still there. And some of them I've brought into what is the new form of me, and they've grown with me. But not enough of that place has, if that makes sense. Like, because you just, growth happens so naturally, especially when you put yourself in hard positions. When you go out Growth happens outside of your comfort zone. 
Exactly. So like that used to be, even though I wouldn't even say that used to be my comfort zone. I used to be quite uncomfortable there because I felt like I just like, like I always knew I like wasn't going to stay. Yeah. I just was like biting at the teeth to get out. And, you know, that's how it was. That's yeah. how it is. Love it. But mm-mm. And the growth that you and then, have gotten from expanding from that area and moving yourself away and putting yourself in these uncomfortable positions that have forced your growth have just led us to the most beautiful and continue to lead us to the most beautiful situations that we would have never expected. Like I wouldn't change it. I didn't, when I, I think I've probably talked to you about this. I did not want to come to school in Florida. I was accepted. I had visited. I had shadowed this chiropractic school in Minnesota. That's where I was going. And my mom. Yeah, there's one in Minnesota. I was just My mom said to me, I think we should go visit somewhere else just in case. And I was not nice. I was like, just in case what? I'm already accepted. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was really stubborn. So I was like, you know. Oh, my God. I she knows didn't best. meet Brianna. Yeah. And so I was really stubborn. And I was like, fine. We'll get a vacation out of it. I guess we are going to go visit Florida. I had a girl. I wasn't really yeah. friends with her. She's now one of my best friends. Um, but she, I we had mutual friends. And she was at school at Palmer at the time. So I went down. I did a visit day. And then I spent the day with her and her friends. And after this 40 hours in Florida, I got back to the hotel room. And I sobbed. I cussed my mom out. I was like, fuck you. Now I have to move to Florida. I don't want to move to Florida. Why would you make me visit here? And she was just laughing, oh my God. laughing at me. And I, it was just so apparent to me that this is where I needed to be and like what I needed to do. It wasn't yeah. a, should I do this? It was just accepting what the universe was telling me. I, it was very apparent. That was what I needed to do. There was no choice. I just had mm. to do it. And it was, it wasn't the decision that was uncomfortable. It was the change because there was no question about it. It was just the initiative to actually do it. It's hard to take those steps forward though, when oh, you've so been so used to and so comfortable with what is. So like hats off to you or hats off to anyone who can make that first step. And like your mom, like <laughs> there are so many parents, like I've known that so many people have wanted their families to like stay close to home stay stay close like oh I want mm -hmm. you to live right down the street like we're gonna be together forever and there's a part of that that's so beautiful yeah but there's another part of that that's like do you know who you are without that support like yeah who are you to you like are they choosing to have can... that life for themselves or are is it you projecting that you want that for them onto them and mm -hmm. that's all they've ever yeah. done now? And, mm -hmm. and I think everyone deserves the opportunity to figure that out for themselves. Like, yeah. But a lot of people, again, like circling back to the whole thing, perspective on it. Like, do you have the perspective to visualize like what is possible for yourself? Like, have you seen, like, have you left your small town? Like, have you had the opportunity to get out there? Like now you have like Google and YouTube and there are ways to see the world without seeing the world. But like, are you opening yourself up to that? And I want to even take that back a step. You don't have to know exactly where you want to be to start getting there. Like you just need to be open to the possibility of different things. Because like I said, like the, par the person, like 
from when I was applying to Cairo school and starting Cairo school here five years later, like I would have not imagined that I would still be here doing what I'm doing, working with the people I'm working yeah, with, right? making what I'm making, like the, the things that happen within you, the you, first year of graduating too. Yeah. In the first year first of graduating. Year. Um, yeah. Which, which is wild, but like, you don't have to know exactly where you're going. You don't have to know exactly what you want. Just be receptive to the opportunities that are coming your way and like really lean on that intuition. Like, is this something that you feel is a good move for you? Because the more you like, Mm -hmm. I always, I just always use the term friction. Like there's so much friction in life. And if you feel like there's friction, it's probably there for a reason. Like what feels natural, even if it's uncomfortable, where, what direction do you feel like you need to go? And go there. Yeah. And even if it's into the darkness, everyone's... into the darkness we ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In this last segment of what I'm loving, I wanted to share with you something I found when I was on my walk. And like, I love taking walks. It's my favorite place to reflect. It's kind of a meditative thing for me or I'll re-listen to my podcast and like do edits. Like literally I'll be walking around and randomly stop and get in people's ways by accident just by like trying to edit everything and like pull it together. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole process, but I love doing it because then I feel like I'm being productive, but I'm also like outside nature getting exercise and I'm not just sitting on my behind. But anyway, I decided to go off on a random path that I've never been down. It's like in my neighborhood, but normally I stick around this little like golf course area, but I was like, screw it. Like I'm going to go into the neighborhoods. It's a beautiful day. Maybe I'll see some pretty houses because your girl loves to look at pretty houses. But um, I actually stumbled upon something that was a super beautiful message and it was quite literally written on one of the houses. I was just like, Hmm, I should take a left here. And I found it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this totally like reiterates. I feel like what we talked about last episode. So I really wanted to read it for you and share it and just leave you this beautiful passage before we wrap up this last episode or this episode. So here it goes. And the people stayed home and they read books and they listened and they rested and they exercised, made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still. And they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows and they began to think differently and the people were healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when danger passed, the people joined together again, and they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created a new way to live and healed the earth fully as they had healed themselves. If you know me, you know how deeply I believe that everything happens for a reason and in its own divine timing. And I just think that's one of the most beautiful things about life. Like you never know what to expect. You never know when something's going to surprise you and just be what you really need in that moment. And 
I thought this message was so beautiful. And to me, I think the person's talking about COVID. Like that's kind of the vibe I got. Like, I don't know how long it was out there because there was literally paint still on the house, like on the porch. So I don't know if that was like recent or had been a while ago, but it was so beautiful and it brought me a lot of happiness to see it. And I just wanted to share and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And here is the last little bit of this episode. I'll see you next week. Everyone's compass is so unique to themselves. Like you can't see like in relationships, in life, in every decision that you make, you're not going to know the exact right decision for me to make. I'm not going to know the exact right decision for you to make. It's about our individual experience and us learning to trust ourselves and trust that we understand what is best for us and us alone. Cause like my mom, like when I told my parents I was moving to Texas, it took me so long to tell them because I was like, I need to be so sure and so ready that this is the right decision for me so that I'm not going to meet the like, oh, how are you going to do that? The resistance, the doubt that that people project their feelings onto your decision. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be so sure that I'm like, I'm there. I'm done. It's, it's, it's a go green light fucking go. Cause you need to do that for yourself first. Like, because it's easy to get caught up in the doubters. Wish that people would not project their feelings about my life onto me. Their feel like what they think, even if it's something that they think in their mind, oh, universally that's bad, universally that's good. I don't want them to project that onto me. I want them to take what I'm saying at face value and just be positive, be encouraging. I always have said since I, before I even started my practice and I was just crying every day, calling you, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, that but yeah. if my practice succeeds, amazing. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Because either way, I yeah. know I will be fine. And I know that I will be helping people mm-hmm. and it's going to be beautiful. And even if it doesn't mm-hmm. yeah. go crazy, it's like th- I'm doing this at right now for a reason. I'm learning from it mm-hmm. and it's going to lead me to where I need to go. So when I would say like people are yes. like, oh, your practice, it's going to be so big. It's going to be so amazing. No, it's going to be so great. And I said, and if it's not, that's okay too. And I would say it so calmly, mm-hmm. so confidently. I really, truly meant that. And they would say, no, don't yeah. say that. It's going to be great. I hated that because <laughs> even if it wasn't, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. That doesn't mean you, I'm it, not a good professional. Like, they were mm-hmm, so projecting that yeah. feeling of failure, what they thought yeah. was failure onto me, which mm-hmm. I was a 23-year-old doctor starting a business with a, literally a month of a heads up. And I did so pretty flawlessly i mean a lot of tears mm-hmm. but like very quickly very flawlessly unexpectedly if it's not tears a success, it doesn't matter because i we have talked about this yeah. has been this leading me and like snowballing me into yeah. where i'm at right now where i'm still going opportunities literally present themselves mm-hmm. on the daily that i would have never dreamed of if i went to put myself out there and done that now i've been a sounding board for a couple of my colleagues who are starting businesses some that w- are 10 years older than me that are finally ready to get out of associate position. Some that graduated around us that are like, it's time I'm ready to start my own. And even if my practice isn't doing great or it is doing great or whatever, 
think of how much I've learned. Look at the opportunities it's given me. I have yeah. no negative feelings attached to whatever happens because whatever happens is meant to. It's for a reason. Yeah. And it's for you. It's it your path in this life. You can't be attached to the outward achievement. Exactly. You have to be attached to who you are and what you're learning out of the experience. And it, it's all and about what I, I am being fulfilled by and how I'm able to help people. It's not about other people's perception of what my success should look like. It's about my fulfillment. Yes. Yes. Run that one back. Okay. We're going to do this last segment just about the growth that you're trying to bring in just to wrap this whole thing up, seal it with a bow and, you know, let everyone have a beautiful day. So we'll start out a little heavier. How does fear affect you? Fear affects me a lot. And one way that I have gotten past that is looking really deep and evaluating where that fear is coming from because nine times out of 10, it's not a fear that is like genuine to me and self-protective. What it is, is a fear of what other people might think or a fear of the unknown, but growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And I really need to remind myself that like whatever happens, I am going to be fine. And if the reason that I'm afraid of something is because I'm afraid of other people's perception of my failure or judgment or anything like that, that is just outward, that's where the fear is coming from, is from something outside of myself. And it's not serving me. It's not leading me to be the most genuine, authentic, successful version of myself. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, I need to push through it and I need to figure out a way to be productive. Uh, and whether that's, you know, laying out concrete steps or whether that's not telling people what's going on in my life so they can't project their doubts onto me or whether that's consulting with people mm -hmm. that have been in similar situations and seeing the things that they needed they wish they would have known or should have been more mindful of you need to set yourself up for success and that includes emotionally so something i've really done is try to evaluate where the fear is coming from so i can realize if it's self-protective or if it's a projection Love that. Love that. Do you have a vision of where you're trying to take your career within this next year? Um, actually, I don't. Um, I've kind of been thinking about this a lot the last couple of weeks, specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have realized in my one short year out of school, how much has changed, how much continues to change, how frequently and the amount of opportunities that I can, uh, you know, bring out of the universe for myself. Um, I don't have any specific career goals. What I do have are life goals. So I want to, um, in the next year, I want to be a little bit more outgoing in forming platonic relationships because it's very hard to do in our profession. We mm -hmm. can't really do that with patients, uh, meet people at work, things like that. So I want to be um, a little bit better about spreading my wings there. I would like to, uh, depending on what I find and what the universe tells me, either buy a house for myself or a rental property. And mm. I will come visit you in your new digs, but. I am so unattached ah. to any outcome 
professionally for yeah. myself in the next year, I am just being receptive. And a year from now, we will chat She's again. Me. We will chat again and we yes. will figure out exactly where I was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, And that's one of the reasons that I love podcasting and I love these types of conversations because it's a point of seeing where your thought process was and where your growth can go from there. Because like, I am so awful at journaling. I pick it up, I put it down, I pick it up, I put it down. And I always love the idea of going back to it. But in terms of going forward, having these podcasts to be able to like look back, like I have 21 weeks of audio recorded of my thoughts, feelings, ideas. And to have that to look back on is literally priceless. Priceless. 100%. But anyway... Oh, yes, baby. So in terms of your 20s, because the purpose of this episode was really a little quarter life crisis check in. We didn't really tap into the quarter life crisis idea of it too hard, too hard. But how do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, we talked about the we're all crying. We're all like we're all 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 crying out here. Okay. We're all doing our very best and there's bumps and bruises along the way. But how do you think your own individuality and acknowledgement of your individuality has shaped your 20s thus far? I think uh, getting myself out of an environment that I had always been in has really opened my eyes to what is unique about me. So things like we said, like with ADHD, things that people always thought were like a weakness or annoying. Like now that I'm able to manage it a little bit better and people are seeing me for who I am authentically and as an adult and a professional, as a friend, all this stuff, they just see me. You're so quirky. Mm -hmm. You're so outgoing. You're so funny. Like you're so insightful, things like that versus she never shuts the fuck up. And it's like, oh my God, Brianna, can you not make a joke (laughs) about this or things like that? Like I have realized that just because people like people don't have to like you so things that some people have made people really judged for or self-conscious about other people will think mm-hmm. is fantastic so it's you know just being unapologetically weird i am just embracing being unapologetically weird like if people are gonna like me they're gonna like me for who i am there's no point in curbing that there's no point in not being authentic because i deserve so much because I bring so much to the table. I am so good to other people. I deserve people yes. that are good to me. And if they're going to, you know, love me, they're going to love all of me. So just be authentic, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Briata. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on this show. And it doesn't feel right other than to start off a new season without a little convo with you. So oh, I love it. I'm just so grateful for your presence, for your voice, and for your ideas. Thanks for coming on. 